This teaching is from City Church Coventry. You can find us online at www.citychurchcoventry.org. So what I want to talk about very briefly, and I'm just asking the Holy Spirit to make sure that of all the things I could say, we get what we need this morning. Um, You know, the last few times I've spoken, I've, I've spoken from Revelation 1 and the vision of Jesus and uh, what he looked like, uh, what his voice sounded like, and what he said. And I wonder how many of you can remember, what was the first thing of actually the appearance? John hears the voice, he turns around, he sees the lampstands, and then in the midst of the lampstands, he sees the Son of Man. And what was the first thing he described about his appearance? Uh, That wasn't the first one, it was definitely in there, but it wasn't the first one. Anyone remember? It's how he's dressed. What's he wearing? A robe with, with a sash, a, right, a white robe with a golden sash. And do you remember we said that that indicated that he was both a priest and a king? And everything that we see about Jesus in here has an implication for us because it all describes Jesus' present ministry in the heavens. And Jesus' present ministry in the heavens is intimately tied to our ministry here on the earth. Okay? That is, it's a partnership. That's, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He brings us into a partnership with what Christ is doing. So I want very briefly this morning to look at the implication of what it means for us that, that our heavenly partner is a priest and a king. What does it mean for us? Because, you know... We can't look at Jesus without being changed. We can't look at Jesus without seeing the things of this world less brightly. That's the idea. That's why the the radiance, the brightness of it, it's supposed to get your attention more than anything in this world. That's why we've been doing this whole series on Simply Jesus. We, we, want to, we want who Jesus is to be more central and more overwhelming and more defining in our vision. We can't look at Jesus without seeing more of who we are in Christ. Who he is defines the reality of who we are. And what he's doing determines our actions and our calling. Okay, so it's all rooted in Christ. Now, I was going to read you a long chunk of scripture from the book of Hebrews, partly because the book of Hebrews, I find the most difficult book to just take a short passage from, because it's all this one kind of continual argument. But what do you find in Hebrews uh, chapter 7, chapter 8, chapter 9, chapter 10, is this comparison of Jesus, the great high priest, He is our great high priest. And the comparison is made to a man called Melchizedek in the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, let's read, we'll read this passage. In the Old Testament, Melchizedek was a priest and a king. He was actually the priest of a city that at the time was known as Salem, that later became Jerusalem. Turn with me to Genesis. I think we're going to go to 14. It might be the end of 13. And... He only appears there once, and what happens is that Abraham, do you remember the story of Abraham when some uh, other kings come and they, 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 they capture some of his possessions and some of his people, and Abraham forms an alliance with other kings, and they go and they, they win a battle. And after they've won the battle, they have the spoils of the battle, and they, they come back, it's the end of chapter 14, 
And they are met, or Abraham is met by Melchizedek. So uh, chapter 14, verse 17. After returning from the defeat of Chedorlaomer, I didn't practice that one, and the kings who were with him, the king of Sodom went out to meet him in the valley of Shava, that's the king's valley, and Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God Most High, and he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham by God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abraham gave him a tenth of everything, and the king of Sodom said, said, uh, give me the persons, but take the goods for yourself. And Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I've lifted up my hand to the Lord God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, that I would not take a thread or a sandal strap of anything that is yours, lest you should say, I've made Abraham rich. And I will take nothing but what the young men have eaten, and so share of the, the, share of the men who went with me. Let Enor, uh, so Enor, Eshol, and Mamre take their share. After these things, the word of the Lord, Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Fear not, Abraham. I am your shield and your very great reward. And this uh, encounter serves as a pattern for much of what we read in the book of Hebrews. Um, and we're, we're, what we're being dis- what's being described for us here is this is what happened in the natural, but it speaks of who Jesus is. Um, a priest who is also a king. And what is significant here is that this seems to be, when you read the narrative in Genesis, the key thing that means that God begins to formulate his covenant with Abraham. And the ultimate expression of that covenant comes in things like, I will make you the father of of a nation. Then he says, I'll make you a father of many nations. He says that, that if you can count... The, the stars in the sky, you're, that, you know, I'm going to make your descendants more numerous than that, more numerous than the, the sands of the sea. And the ultimate thing that he says this is that through your seed, through your offspring, all the nations of the world will be blessed. This is because Abraham responded how he did to this king. He, he received the blessing of Melchizedek. He wouldn't receive, he wouldn't take any of the wealth of the world. He rejected that, but rather gave and brought his tithe. And he said, I don't want any of the spoils. I don't want anyone to say that they have made me rich. And what does God say to him? He says, I will be your reward. I will be the one that makes you rich. Why? Because you've, cho- you've chosen the right way. You should receive this blessing. And ultimately, that blessing gets worked down and it becomes, through you all the nations of the world will be blessed. The New Testament tells us, Paul makes this really clear for us in the book of Galatians chapter 3, commenting on what it says, and in, you, all your, all, and in your offspring all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Know then that those who are of faith are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you all nations shall be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. And inherit, Acts 3 says, You are the children of the prophets, And of the covenant God made with Abraham, saying, in you all the nations will be blessed. So here's here's, here's what I want us to see. That right now, Jesus is standing in the heavens as a high priest. And he is bringing, just like 
Melchizedek brought the, 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 the bread and the wine out from Jerusalem. He brings out from the presence of God all the blessing that God has for us. Like Ephesians says, we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm. And the priestly ministry of Jesus says to us, who are also a kingdom of priests, and he's the high priest, we're the priests, he says, I continually bring the blessing of heaven to you. And in doing that, you are able to fulfill the promise I gave to Abraham, that through you all the nations of the world will be blessed. This is what I want us to see, that who Jesus is right now means that you and I have the power to bless. We have the power to bless. Now, bless is quite a, it's quite a trendy kind of idea at the moment, isn't it? Because you put a hashtag before it. You know, hashtag blessed. How many of you have been guilty of using hashtag? I knew Nikki had, and I knew that she would be honest. And, um, and I'm looking, um, Hannah Stevens, they're watching at home. I know you've done it. Um, <laughs> but the blessing we're talking about is not just nice things happening to us. It's great when nice things happen to us, isn't it? Isn't that wonderful? But that's not the blessing of God. The blessing of God is when things of heaven come into your life. That what you've been blessed with in the spiritual realm becomes a reality because of the work of the Holy Spirit in your life and the ministry of Jesus, our great high priest. And you have been blessed by him in order, not just that you can do nice things for people, but that you can do the same. That you can bring the realities of heaven and bring them into the earth. We could have read a lot of scripture, and I encourage you to find some time to do this and read um, Hebrews 7 to 10 and, and read um, the, the kind of the narrative through, through Genesis. Uh, from, it goes from 14 up to about 22, where God begins to unfold and unpack his, his promises to Abraham. Did you know what Paul said, that when God said to Abraham, through you all nations will be blessed, he said he was announcing the gospel ahead of time. That is the gospel, is that the, that the realities of heaven are coming into the earth. That is the gospel in your life, that all that Christ achieved on the cross, he's now working into you. That's the calling that we have in our lives, that the realities of what God has done, what Christ has done, are through us come into this world. But, you know, blessing is a very tangible thing. It's not just a feeling. It's not just nice things happening to you. It's a very tangible thing. First of all, I want to just talk about what are the implications. It says um, in Hebrews um, about the consequence. Hebrews 9.14. Let me just read this to you. What, what's the consequence of Jesus' priestly ministry? It says this. Uh, verse 11, Hebrews 9:11. When Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, a high priest of the good things, isn't that cool? Then, through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with human hands, that's not this creation, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the, and, the, and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer, heifer sanctify uh, the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? So first of all, here is the consequence of what it means that Jesus is your great high priest and what it means that you're a priest unto God. First thing is, is this. That the primary calling on your life is to serve God. 
the primary calling on your life is to serve God. That defines everything else you do. So here's my question. Is that how I'm living? Is my life centered around serving God? Because that's my calling. That's what it means for Jesus to be my great high priest. That's what it means to have been redeemed. That's what it means to have been saved. That the first call on my life, the first call on my time, the first call on my energy, the first call on my resource is to serve God. The next thing it tells us is that Jesus, his blood continues to speak. The cross continues to speak. He is speaking into your life. He is speaking his blessing over me. How am I seeing that in my life? Does my life look like a life that continually the voice of Jesus is bringing the gospel into my life? If not, what am I listening to? Where am I putting my attention? Here's something else. We haven't got time to go here. Deuteronomy 28. I prayed some of that with Simon, over Simon and Sarah, or, or confessed some of that. But it's where it kind of says, you know, be blessed in your coming, you'll be blessed in your going. But it says this, you'll be the head, not the tail. You'll be the head and not the tail. It says you'll possess the gates of your enemy. When we read these things, uh, you know, one of the things that I find, um, and praise God, I don't hear that from, from, from people here in this room. I don't hear that from people in city church generally. But, you know, one of the things that grates the most with me is when I hear Christians kind of framing themselves as victims. Playing the victim card. Oh, And I think, do you not know what Christ has done? You're the head and not the tail. You say, well, I don't feel like it. Well, that's irrelevant. That's who Jesus says you are. That's the, 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 it, that rests on what he has already done, not on how you feel. You know, part of discipleship, part of spiritual maturity is, is kind of like allowing our feelings to catch up with the reality of who we are in Christ. I'm the head and not the tail. I will possess the gates of my enemy. And, and I don't think we're talking about enemies in terms of um, <laughs> physical. Our battle's not with flesh and blood. You know, it's not your neighbor who, you know, keeps parking, in, you know, on your, in front of your drive. That's, you know, <laughs> you can go and take his gates. That's, 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 um, <laughs> this is the things that come against you, that come against you as an enemy. Maybe it might be things in your own, in your own thinking, challenges of circumstance. They come as an enemy. You say, I'm going to possess your power because I'm the head and not the tail. As ministers of the gospel, we're called to bless the world. Is that how we speak and act? Is that how I speak and act? Do my words bring blessing? Do my actions, do I frame my life around, I'm a servant of Christ and I'm here to bring the blessing of heaven into this world? Is that how I speak? So what should we do? You see, because I said blessing is tangible. I'm going to finish with this. Blessing is tangible. Here are some of the ways... I'm going to give you four ways that the New Testament says that blessing happens. It's not just about a feeling. It's not just about going, oh, wasn't that a nice thing that happened to me? I'm blessed. It's about the realities of heaven coming into your experience. The most common way that blessing comes is through words, is through speaking. You know, you can just bless someone. We often try and work up kind of uh, the nerve, don't we, to, to, to pray for someone. And, and it's great when you pray for someone, but you can bless them with your words. You can just speak blessing over them. 
You have the power and the authority to bless. And, you know, sometimes you're in those conversations and people are saying something and it's kind of, it's, it might be kind of negative, it might be, and you can speak words into, because the words you're speaking are not just your words, they're the words of Christ who has already overcome everything. And you can speak blessing into their lives. You know, Jesus said, blessed are you, the, the, the Beatitudes, yeah? Blessed are you. You can say to people, this is what God is doing for you. This is what God says to you. Or you can even just do your word. You can just speak your words. They have a power. But you have inherited that promise to Abraham, which Paul tells us was in fact the gospel, that through you all nations will be blessed. Another way that, uh, that blessing is communicated is through touch. Luke 2.28. Jesus took the children in his arms and blessed them. And you know... Um, I, uh, when, I was, when I was a teacher, which was a very long time ago, um, there was a lot of debate about touch between teachers and students. Partly because when I was a student, even longer ago, you'd get a whack round the back of the head if you did something wrong. And of course, by the time we got to the, the 1990s, when I was a teacher, you certainly weren't supposed to do that. At least not while anyone was looking. Um, <laughs> But then the, 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 the reaction was, well, the only safe thing to do is to not touch at all. But the problem with not touching anyone is that it creates this empathy gap. And actually touch can be, and obviously it needs to be done extremely, in ex, extremely um, uh, defined ways when you're talking with, with children. But something is communicated in that. And that works at a natural level. But I found as well it works at a spiritual level. That actually... Just a, a hand on a shoulder, which would be the, the normal thing I would, I would do if I was, you know, it would just be like this. If you were kind of, touch, even at a natural level, communicate something. But, there's a, but, there's a, but when you're saying that, I, I'm, I'm, I'm imparting blessing. Even in a handshake. Communicate the power of God. Jesus did it. Sometimes, blessing is communicated through eating. Hallelujah. Jesus uh, says this when he prays and he takes the food and he says, you know, be blessed as you eat this food. Be blessed. You know, you can pray when you, when you, when you have someone to your house, whether they're a believer or not a believer. When we bless the food, you're praying, say, Lord, I believe that this isn't just going to, I'm not just praying because I'm afraid I, may po I might poison someone. It's not kind of like my kind of, this is just my insurance policy in case that chicken was a little bit, you know, out of date. That's, that's not what we're talking about. So bless this, Lord, so that in eating this, in sharing in this meal, it doesn't just do us physically good, but you impart your blessing. And then finally, Acts 20, verse 35, Paul says that the Lord said these things. It's more blessed to give than to receive. But they're both blessed. And so in giving, you get the greater blessing, but there's also a blessing for the one receiving. These are tangible things. It's not just... And I want to encourage you that when you look afresh at Christ, you see 
that he is the one who continually speaks blessing over your life as a great high priest. He imparts the realities of heaven into your life. And so you are empowered to go into this world and to fulfill his promise that through you, all nations of the world will be blessed. Through you, everyone that you meet in every day of your life can be blessed because God has put a power within you. Because you're the head and not the tail. You are, you, are, you are a co-heir with Christ. Your life is focused and centered on serving Jesus. And there is a continual flow of the blessing that he's imparted to you that you can bring to the world around you. Amen? Let's stand together. We're going to pray. I'm just going to pray for us in our going. I didn't do very good at 10 minutes, but there we go. We pray that time is somehow stretched downstairs and they haven't noticed. Father, Lord, I want to thank you, Jesus, for who you are to us right now. I want to thank you for what you're doing in the heavens, Lord. Thank you that, Lord, that you are ministering as our great high priest. That you, are con- you bring us into a continual connection with all that the Father has done, with all that the Father has for us, that, Lord, that our lives become a conduit for the blessing of heaven to bring to the world around us. Lord, I ask that you quicken our expectation. Lord, you focus our, our, um, our eyes and our view of ourselves on the calling that we have to bring all that you have and all that you have done for us into this world. Lord, I pray this week that our words will be words of blessing. Lord, that our physical contact will be a means of imparting blessing. Lord, whether it's through um, healing or, or, or peace or whatever it might be that we bring. Lord, that in our fellowship and eating together, there will be a tangible experience of your goodness impacting people's lives afresh. And Lord, that as we live our lives giving and laying our lives down for one another, that both we and those that receive know the blessing that you have. Lord, I ask this by the power of your Holy Spirit and in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this teaching from City Church Coventry. You can find more great teaching and other resources on our website at www.citychurchcoventry.org.